It's Dale D'Antoni here. Welcome to the Sulfur Sessions. D'Antoni, Wines. Welcome back to episode, I think it's number 26 of the Sofa Sessions. Uh, this is me, Brandon Rhodes, the host of the Sofa Sessions. I have a very special guest today, uh, leader of the Gorilla Gang, leader of the Ballsack Gang, Mr. Yeah. Bubble Rap, my, my good friend, not really good friend, but friend, Tommy G. McGee. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Just took the puppy Frank on a walk, and I did some hip stretching, and I'm ready to start researching. I got a Mexico trip I leave for tomorrow, so oh, things shoot. are going. Things are shaking. That's what's up. What are you doing in Mexico? What's the video? Or can you say? So I want to do, there's a few. So one is I'm going to interview a Mexican gangster rapper named Hostage, who I think has oh, 16 dang. or 17 felonies. Uh, we'll talk to him in Mexico. Um, we're going to interview a Texas gangster rapper. We're going to interview the big video I really want to pull off is inside the business of illegal immigration. So I want to talk to coyotes, people that are crossing, people that have done it legally, people that are just that see it. I want to get the total picture of what that's like. And then the, the last one would be uh, the sport of cockfighting. So roosters that go after each other. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'm definitely going to be looking for that cockfighting video for sure. <laughs> and I'm just excited to, I love, I love Mexican people and I love uh, trying to speak Spanish. I'm going to try and work in my Spanish to the video and that'll be a good test for me, I feel like. Do you know Spanish pretty well? Or is it like... I'm like 40% fluent. I can speak it. I can read it. I can write it. The, the biggest trouble I have is hearing it because they talk at their normal speed. But to me, it's like, hey, talk to me like I'm a five-year-old, okay? Like slow it down yeah. a little bit. It sounds like they're talking very fast because when I was in New Mexico, they had a we had a bunch of people from South America working there on a visa, and they would like try and tell me things, and I just could not understand it. It was just very very quick, and they had to like yes, sound it out. It's the for same. Me. It's the same to them though. If you think about how fast we're talking English right now, they would feel. I feel like the same way. You know. Yeah, they they would even get me to like slow down when I was talking so they could understand it because like they weren't they weren't fluent in it, but they were they were pretty good at it. Like, yeah, they had went to school for it and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, so did you grow up in Milwaukee? No. So I grew up in Chris Lake, Illinois. Then I went across the border to wrestle in college at Whitewater. And then I got a job out in Milwaukee and I've been here ever since so about eight years in Milwaukee. Okay. Do you like Milwaukee a lot? I love Milwaukee. It's definitely uh it's got its trenches and it's uh there's sketchy things like i just got off the phone with a tenant today it looks like we're gonna have to replace a roof on a house and she's like oh yeah by the way you know rent might be coming up a little short uh my sister and my mom just died her sister died the kia boys hit the car that 14 year old boy oh, yeah. drove a stolen car crunched her sister with uh five people in the car two of her sisters were in there one died one was pregnant got her neck broke and um like i think her collarbone the boyfriend died and this kid nothing happened to as far as he's out on the streets and the way a lot of these folks think is they're not waiting for the police to do anything they're going to do a little street justice type thing and ah, and that just then the cycle continues it's like god damn it like please let's just stop driving into each other let's stop shooting each other uh this same house uh it's only like five blocks from where i live right now but there's an invisible yeah. line in Milwaukee. I, actually, I'm not going to say it, just uh, in case who's listening. But uh, it, it goes from hippie kind of, you might find a green-haired lesbian that wants uh, Bernie Sanders in office to working class people to all of a sudden it's the trenches and there's a bullet hole that we had to replace in a window 
like six blocks down. So it's like, God damn it, this it's it's Milwaukee can be an interesting city. Mm. Yeah, I know <clears throat> a lot of the a lot of the prank videos you used to do, you would um you would go like in the trenches of Milwaukee, right? Like the it was the best place to film. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I got like arrested when I went to the. Yeah, when I the thing is sometimes when I would prank in the nicer neighborhoods, like I would either get arrested or <laughs> like especially anything like trying to like pick up milfs at the store, like that type of a, a prank idea. Um, you get arrested. I don't know for some that? white chicks. If you yeah, I no, I didn't get arrested for that. But like if you go um, to the hood, the women like respond really well to it and flirt back with you and it's a good time but like white women sometimes act like you're sexually assaulting them if you just say like a very innocent pickup line so maybe yeah. i'm not maybe like i'm not somebody's type like i think um i don't know maybe the white chicks just don't dig me and the the sisters do but that's what i maybe. learned you know <laughs> you also do like uh I used to do the sus rapping pranks those are really funny too I might I might bring that back every once in a while because I think it's too good to leave in the past. But I don't know how that. I mean, I'm not very concerned with brand, so to speak, as far as like I, sponsorships are a good way to make money in YouTube. But I don't know yeah. if I have a if I have ten uh, documentaries and I think like I want to be taken as one of the best documentarians in America and. Um, and I still have a long way to go. It's a staircase. Anything tough, it's a staircase that never stops going up. You're always improving yeah. and figuring out your game. But, um, and then if I if I drop a Las Vegas or I drop a you know in a week or two it's going to be a New York biker game that we shut down the highway. We drove through like 20 red lights to film these guys. I want to do that type of stuff. I don't know if it's going to dilute my brand or my content to then throw a prank video back in. I don't know how. Yeah. I have to think. I have to think about that. Yeah, because I see a lot of people um, in the comments of your videos, they're like, oh, Tommy G's like the best documentary on YouTube. So I think for them it would be definitely a big change if they were to like see like a prank video come back or something. So Yeah, I don't know. The sus rapping, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to go, I'll have to go for it and see. But um, I do feel like the yeah. path I'm on is the right path. And I feel alive and I feel like I'm always thinking of ideas. I'm always ready to roll and so um yeah. i feel good about the i'm on yeah if you do bring back um prank videos or like just kind of here and there you need to uh do the penis parking prank those are hilarious bruh i think i, remember... I think if i bring it back what i would do is i would take it to the next level as far as production value like i would make it more of a show feel <clears throat> like scare tactics or eric andre or uh, yeah. Nathan, I, I forgot what the guy's name is on TikTok, but he does very elaborate pranks. Like I think if I did it, it wouldn't just be I show up with chocolate pudding on my hand and tell you it's poop because that's just so elementary and like low level ability to pull it off. I want to think I think I want to pull something off that would take considerable planning and maneuvering and actors and sets or yeah. you know things like that, like a practical jokers or something like that. Yeah, those guys are a national treasure. They. The amount of laughter they've contributed to people is fantastic. Yeah, I wonder how many people they've made laugh. Like it has to be in the billions. It's it has to be. Yeah, they've they've left a good mark on the world, and I think laughter is one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody. So if I can do more things that make people laugh, it just I guess I failed on the YouTube algorithm with pranks. My channel was dying. My channel was absolutely dying back in uh, February, March. And then I launched documentaries, and my channel's been exponentially growing. So yeah, I don't know. 
there's other people in my space, like the younger generation of pranksters. I think really what it is too is the new age of pranksters. The audience wants to see you make people mad, and I never want to make people mad. I want them to be in on the joke too. Like there's so many pranksters where it's like, Karen said this, or she got mad, or that's the title yeah. of their video, and it's like, okay, so you bothered someone to the point where you got a reaction, and you. That's not even, it's such lazy prank ability to me. Like that doesn't take many skills other than kind of being an asshole, you know? Yeah. It's like they, they get them to act like that because they do it on purpose and then they turn around and are like, oh, why are you acting like that kind of thing? They act like the victim. They, they poke someone, yeah. they poke someone, they poke someone until someone responds and they're like, exactly. oh, why? Yeah. So that, that to me, I have no respect for. Yeah. Um, so you started out rapping, I see. And I used to actually listen yeah. to it. And recently, I listened to like all your songs. And some of it was pretty good. Like I did like it. So did you I did you stop that. doing that? Or are you still doing that? Yeah, the producer I was working with, he passed during COVID. Um, and then, I don't know, man. I think I definitely enjoy it. I just, like, if I look at what I think I can become the best in the world at, I don't think I'm ever selling out an arena with a rap show. But do I think I can be one of the best in the world at documentaries and going to the wildest places on earth? I think I have that. I think I can do that. So I think I might do it for fun. Like I have a friend in, in Milwaukee, you may have heard of Certified Trapper, who is blowing up as a rapper right now. He just yeah. opened up for a little boosie. Um, he's got record deals on the table. I, might, I, I think I would like the challenge of making a song with him, especially because his style is so different than my rap style that I would have to really you know, work on it. So I think if, if the challenge rises, I would like to do it, but I don't see myself as I'm not the next headline rapper. I just know I'm not. Yeah. Um, but that's all good. Like even experiencing that and going through the experience of that is, I think it's still important because it like makes you who you are, you know? Of course. And I think anything that challenges your creative juices, like is a good experience and, you know, stepping in the studio, like going to, 35th and Burleigh showing up in a studio where all these known like trappers show up to record and having to do your thing. That's a good test in itself too. So I like yeah. that challenge. Yeah. And it's good to like, you went after it too. Like I feel like, or at least where I'm from, a lot of people do like, they don't chase their dreams, you know, and they just kind of, um, they just kind of stay comfortable all of their life. But like you're putting yourself out there and, uh, I mean, you might fail, but if you fail, I know you'll definitely get back up. So, and then you pivot and you learn from that. And I think, I think where a lot of people are is they know that the nine to five world isn't meant for them, but they don't know how to go, where to go from there. And I think the biggest thing is, no one, almost no one blows up overnight. And if you do, you're probably gonna fade away overnight too, because the rise is probably like, if you look at a rap crew like Russ, he took ten. 10 years to blow up, and now he's selling out arenas. But if you look at a rap career like Designer, he blew up after that one Panda song, but now what is he doing? So I yeah. think people have to Same realize, hey, pump. you got to be in it for the long haul, and you might have to work a day job you don't like, but then <clears throat> on the side, a couple hours a day, invest in that craft, and, and then keep building it until you can make the jump. Luckily for me, uh, I got fired, so I didn't have to make the jump because I, uh, I was journaling uh, – like Sorry every every single day, I'd write in my journal. I will quit my day job by March fifteenth, twenty twenty one. But luckily, they fired me on March fourteenth or thirteenth, something like that. And um, it was the best thing that ever. One of the best things that happened to me. Mm. 
But that was pretty close. Like you predicted it pretty well. Do you think manifesting yeah, I, is like I a just, real thing? Yeah, I'm. I think I think it partially is, but I think action is the ink that writes the story of your life. So you can sit in your room and oh, I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to be the next Drake. I'm going to be this. But if you don't go record a song or learn how to invest, you're never going to make it happen. So I think like actions have to line up with what you're dreaming for for it to happen. Yeah, and a lot of people, like you said, um, they just, like, don't take the time to, like, learn this stuff. So they'll do it for a couple weeks or a couple months, and then they don't see any results. So they just they just quit and say, oh, it wasn't for me, you know, I wasn't good at it. But they didn't have time. They didn't give it time to, like, blossom into something that could have been. So. Yeah, I believe in universal principles that can make anybody successful or rich. I think it's, like, it doesn't matter what race you are, what gender you are, what you look like. If you are consistent, you become Stay undeniable at your craft. You know, you're gonna be good. You're gonna you're gonna make it happen. Yeah, and I kinda did that with uh the whole stay consistent clothing thing. Like I don't really work on it anymore, but it's just like I also lost passion for that. So it's not like I'm quitting and giving up. I just it wasn't the same as it like used to be, you know? Right. Well, I think there's also there's a lot of different chapters in your life, and yeah. you know what what is cool to you when you're 18 might not be cool when you're 22, and that's okay. I think just um, having that chapter, and then when you apply that knowledge to the next chapter, that's when it matters. Yeah, it's like you said, it's like pivoting, like recognizing, you know, you might not be the best at this, but being able to turn that into something that you will be the best at. Yes. So, <clears throat> so I remember. <clears throat> sorry. I ran the other day and it's it's killed me. Um, I started watching Balin Levine, like thirty thousand subscribers when he had thirty thousand, and then you came along. And I thought you were hilarious, and like that's when I kind of got into you. So like, how did you meet Balin? Because you're from yeah, you know, so, Milwaukee, he's from Atlanta. That's like the other side of America almost. Yeah, so I was making prank videos and I realized that my reach was all people I knew from high school, college and Milwaukee and so I wasn't getting out of my circle and so I thought you know yeah. what I need to find someone who's bigger than me and I need to collaborate with them so at the time I DM'd uh, Balin Levine I think Steven Shapiro and, and maybe Ed Bassmaster or Big Doss some, someone that was in the prank space that I uh, knew for a long time or knew of their content for a long time and I DM'd them like hey I'll pay you a thousand dollars to collaborate with you I'll fly out to you let's make it happen <clears throat> Balin said yes, and uh, going back, like I don't think collaborations don't do as much as you think it will. A lot of the time, like I, I think a lot of people put a lot of stock into collaborations, and then you get a little bit disappointed afterwards. But yeah. I think the important thing is building the relationship with people that are ahead of you on the curve, and they can, oh hey, the way you're filming this, you need to adjust this, or oh you do this with your audio, maybe you should consider that, and that's yeah. where you really learn how to get ahead and so I I bet on myself I'm like dude I know I'm in a day job that I hate I'll spend a thousand bucks and learn from someone that's going where I want to go a hundred percent you know I'm, I'll definitely do that yeah so how, like what subscriber count was he at when you paid him a thousand dollars or when you offered that to him? probably only like he was under 100k he may have crossed 100k the weekend I was with him I think Really? And did you guys like or how many videos was did you guys film? I don't know. It was it was it was not that much and I paid like I think 
Yeah. So I, I think uh, I overestimated what it would, what a collaboration could do. But um, Balin does have a cult-like following, though. So like a lot of people did come over from his audience, yeah. and like a lot, he has a lot of middle school and high school kids. So like when you work with Balin, expect a million DMs. They're like, "Can I say hi to Balin? What's his number? <laughs> what like this is like, dude, shut the fuck up." You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Yeah, I always wondered that, like, <clears throat> when you collaborated with him, were people, like, texting you, DMing you, so you could text them or text Balin for him? Yeah. Yes. That's... But <laughs> luckily, I'm not going to get swayed by some 13-year-old that doesn't know anything. Like, I'm not going to, oh, yeah, let me just put him on the phone for you, you know? What if he gave you $1,000, though? No. You got to... Integrity is everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and how many guys? How many videos did you guys plan? Um, or how many videos did y'all film? It was a couple, like three or four. Our entire time working together, or just that one trip? Yeah, just that one trip. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe two videos. I, I don't. I don't really. I don't even remember really what we. Oh, we did a small penis parking, and I think maybe a far. I think joke. you guys did a, um, a prisoner getting out of jail or something. Hmm, I could see that. I don't remember, dude. That was, a, I know for sure small penis parking because I, I know we were in Georgia and a guy got upset with us when we did that. So, yeah, at the one of the gas stations. But how mm-hmm. how is Balin Levine? He's pretty cool. Balin Levine is, I think you you might watch his video and not understand how business savvy he is behind the scenes. Like he really has a pulse <clears throat> for his audience. He really is making excellent moves as a businessman and oh yeah i mean he's doing things in the youtube space that like he kind of is the blueprint of a lot like how he's doing his merch how he's structuring well i don't want to give too much sauce away because i don't know what uh, he's launching yet but basically he does a lot of things or he's he's already in zoomies or walmart i mean he he got his merch line out there so just the things he's doing is setting himself up for a lot of success and he has this cult like fan base that like I think this weekend in Chicago he's gonna do a karate tournament and I think it's sold out and it's like he doesn't even do karate but he's selling out a karate <laughs> tournament. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Yeah. Are you going to that? I will be in Mexico when it's happening. Yeah. But when I get back we're seeing if we can link up. Oh that's what's up. Is he he said he's gonna be in Chicago? Yeah. And that's what's up. Are you, is he going to be there when you get back? Yeah, so we'll see if that makes sense. I like meeting Balin. Uh, his crew I wears on me quickly. Like, I love uh, PJ, but some of his the more boisterous folks in his crew, uh, I like want to choke sometimes. So uh, Yeah, I no. could. <laughs> and one of those Balin, first videos. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But one of those first videos that you guys made together, I could see the... Um, the annoyance you were getting from like his group, I guess not like Balin and Lil Peach, but like sometimes the Balin, other not people. Lil Peach. Some sometimes, Balin. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Little Peach is—he's like he's doing good too. Yeah, he's making it happen. He's making like making music, getting after it. Yeah, and um, did you guys made a song together, didn't you? Yeah, that's that's way back is one is the biggest song I have, and it's with DJ sound beautiful on it. Yeah, how was that? Was that fun doing with him, or were you guys like together? Did y'all send like the files over? Yeah, that was in. We were in a studio in in Atlanta. That was a lot of fun. 
Mm. Um, I also remember, I think, because they traveled to Milwaukee too, didn't they? Mm-hmm, a couple times. Yeah, and then you guys just had recently a uh, a video together where you, was it you interviewed him kind of thing? Or is it like your documentary style? Yep, documentary style, the behind the scenes of a YouTube star kind of video. Yeah, and I'm sure that, I'm sure that video did pretty good numbers. Um, but yeah, I see like a, a lot on like Instagram and everything. You really do like the whole, I, I don't know if I should call it MMA, but I think you said jujitsu. And is that like, do you think it's important for a lot of people to learn that? A hundred percent. I think everyone would benefit from being good at a, a legitimate combat art. So boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, jujitsu, Muay Thai, <clears throat> judo, uh, there's a lot of bullshit martial arts, and I think the uh, the UFCs exposed that. Like we thought, karate guys can like kill you if they hit you in spleen <laughs> sixteen or some bullshit like that. And uh, Aikido, those are some of the weakest martial arts in the entire world. So, uh, but yes, like confidence, discipline. I think it's good that you get your ass beat and you know how to beat ass because that makes you a humble person. I think there's a bunch of people that would benefit from showing up to a jiu-jitsu class and realizing, like, after the fifth time tapping in a couple minutes, they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be a little chihuahua. Because um, if you go to a jiu-jitsu gym, they are some of the nicest people you ever meet. Like, some of my favorite people in Milwaukee come from the jiu-jitsu gym. And uh, that's what gives me confidence to walk through a lot of the places I do. Although, a lot of the places I walk through, it doesn't matter how you can fight because there's going to be a gun pointed at you, you know, so yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to get shot, but it helps me, like, no one's just going to bitch me on the streets with their hands, and that feels good. Yeah, and I also think that, too, because I've never been in a fight, so I don't, and I did, I wrestled in high school for one year, so, mm -hmm. I mean, that was way back when, but, like, if it were to come down to it, I don't know if I would be able to win a fight, you know, like, if my, you know, girlfriend is getting hit on, like, what am I going to do? sit there i mean i might get punched once and be out you know i might have a glass chair it's yeah it very, very well might happen the other thing is like i think it's easy to overestimate too like even though i've i've done combat sports for almost uh two decades now like if a guy that's 250 and like a big motherfucker is very aggressive like that's yeah. not an easy fight even if he has no fight experience that he just is a like brute like it's not, yeah. that's not, a, you know, once I take him down to the ground, then it's over, but getting him to the mm -hmm. ground and not eating a shot from him, like that's not a fight I'd look for, you know? Yeah. And do you teach that? Cause I know you yeah, post I, about, um, you do. Yeah. Take down Tuesdays. I, I teach at the, at Wanderlei Jiu Jitsu. And then, uh, I've done work with high schools in Milwaukee. Uh, middle schools in Milwaukee. I used to run my own wrestling gym, but the, the building got sold and then it just didn't make sense to try and reopen. Um, so I've worked yeah. with every, oh, I also ran a youth club. I, I worked uh, last year, I worked with uh, five-year-olds to I think 12-year-olds and that was so much fun. Dude, you have all these little rascals that are just going at each other and yeah, that was a lot. <clears throat> what do you think of, uh, what do you think about Jay Paul? What do you think he's doing? You think he's doing good or what? Of course, I really, initially I thought Jake Paul was a douchebag, a bully, a pussy, but I think he's proven that he's legit. I think yeah. he's making excellent business moves. I think 
Um, he's a hard worker, and he's beat people that would be very tough to beat in a ring. I don't care what their age is. I don't care that they're wrestlers or MMA, whatever. I mean, he's taken on challenges that most people would be scared to take on and done well. So I have more, more power to him. I think he's doing wonderful. Yeah, and I see a lot of people, um, they say, like, oh, he's fighting 40-year-olds that, you know, aren't in UFC. But, like, these guys have been training their entire lives, you know, so... For him to get Anderson there. Silva just beat a professional boxer his last yeah. fight. And Anderson Silva is no joke. <clears throat> and, yeah, I mean, but the thing, other thing is a lot of boxers, I don't know boxing that well. I find it to be pretty boring. I hope that stuff moves into the MMA world, like Jake Paul fights Andrew Tate in a cage. I think that would be way more interesting than a oh, boxing dang. match. But a lot of boxers... Yeah, yeah, so they will. But a lot of boxers I hear pad their record, so they'll fight absolute chumps until they're 15-0, 20-0, and then they really pick their fights. Whereas MMA, you have guys that have a few losses on their record, but they're still world-class, and they take you know, they take the, the Michael Chandlers of the world, the Dustin Poiriers, the Nate Diaz's. So I have a lot more respect for MMA, and I think it's a lot more exciting of a sport to watch. So I hope the influencer fight game moves there, and I hope to one day join that space. Who would you who would you want to fight if you were able to fight somebody like in an influencer kind of thing? I'm just trying to think like 99% of influencers I don't think they would be very stupid to take a fight. Just they no one like even even when I was in the amateur fight uh, circuit I fought once um getting people agreeing to fight you if they know that you are a college wrestler is very tough. You have people back out of fights or nope the coaches don't want to take that fight. Uh an influencer that's been boxing for two years and mostly hitting pads is fucked. So I don't know. I don't know who would be a good matchup. Um, I don't really like have any enemies either. I don't know yeah, if Jake true. Paul, that would be an interesting one. He's he's considerably bigger and his hands are way better than mine. It would mm. be ba- basically a test of if I could take him down and submit him. Um, I don't know. I think... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And you so you have the that wrestling type background. Have you ever thought of doing like professional wrestling? Like the fake stuff, quote unquote. No. I've, I've always not. I never paid attention to that sport. I've actually. I covered it recently in a deathmatch wrestling video. I think the people yeah. are interesting. People are nice. But I don't get why. I, it blows my mind that people tune into that. It's fake. Everyone knows it's fake. And you watch and you act like, oh my gosh, The Undertaker won. Like. <laughs> yeah, he knew before the fight that the fight even happened. So it is amazing to me that that uh, sport has lasted as long as it does because everyone knows it's bullshit. Yeah, and it is. I will say it is a little goofy in here, here and there, but um, I do have to tell you something. For like a year and a mm-hmm. half, I was training to be a professional wrestler. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Please don't hate me. I say, you know what? <laughs> I respect the athletes. I think those guys are very tough. I know it's not a real yeah. fight, but the acrobatics. The, the, they take a lot of abuse on their body too. The jumping, the landing, the chore, the choreography. I have respect for that. I guess uh, when people act like real shit is happening, that's when it's just like okay. But I think the actual, uh, like the athletics of it, acrobatics of it, I have respect for the toughness of those guys. Yeah. So you um you're the leader of the gorilla gang, and you kind of made that mm-hmm. up. Who do you think would win a fight, a gorilla or a bear? I question. think the bear has more weapons. 
Like the claws? The claws. I guess the gorilla can bite too. And I would guess they're... Would you guess they're probably similar strength? Yeah, gorillas are very, very strong. And that they don't even lift. Don't... Like, if they were to lift, they would be huge. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one. I think a bear would win, though, with the claws. <clears throat> really? It yeah. probably wouldn't even go to a fight. It's whoever's going to retreat. Because I think they both know each other is dangerous. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. You'd have to really lock them into a close space, I think, for them to engage. But why? Who's, who's your take on that? I'd definitely say bear. And I've gotten crap for that. So I just thought the leader of the gorilla gang would say gorilla. But. <sighs> Maybe an interesting matchup to see. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> the other day you had a. Uh, like I asked me anything on Instagram or whatever, and you didn't respond to it mm -hmm. when what I asked. I don't know if you saw it. Maybe you did. But um, oh yeah. Do you listen would to Riff you, Raff? You... Do you know who Riff Raff is? I've heard a couple of his freestyles. I think he can be funny, but I'm not. I'm not into Riff Raff. Dang no. it. You definitely need to look into him. Maybe you guys could uh, box or something. Good luck, <laughs> Riff Raff. But uh. I think it'd be an interesting character to do a day in the life with. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he's a, a fascinating person. When I hear him speak, though, he talks about nothing. Like, I heard him on the Theo Vaughn show, and they said, like, they just say it's kind of funny at first, but then you never get to know the guy. Like, he, I don't know if it's always he's just playing his character, but I don't, like, he keeps people at a distance. Like, he just says funny things, but you never really know who he is. Yeah. I so it's hard for me to, like... Yeah, I think... Um, cause I've listened to a lot of his like interviews and stuff and he is a little, he's a little goofy and I think that's why I like him a lot, but I think he's mm -hmm. like, he talks also like Kanye, like you can't, like you really had to sit there and think to like understand what he's saying just by the way he kind of says things and phrases things. Now I know people, some people say Kanye is a genius or Riff Raff is a genius. I don't know. To me, if you're incoherent, that doesn't mean you're smart because yeah. What a brilliant person is good at is you should be able to, like, if you're a world-class physicist, you should be able to sit down with a guy like me that knows nothing about physics and say it in a way that I understand. And if I can't understand what you're saying, then how much of a genius are you really? And most of Kanye West, when I hear him talk, like, how do you even, like, he doesn't even answer questions directly. He goes off on these random tangents and they're just like, what the hell is this guy even talking about? <laughs> did you, uh, did you vote for him when he was running for president? Fuck no. <laughs> A lot of people, um, one guy I work with, he says that he's going to vote for The Rock the next presidential election. Are you going to subscribe to that too? I will vote for anyone that is a good alternative to the two dumb choices we're currently served with every year. Yeah. And uh, so there's a there's a libertarian candidate I actually want to reach out to and do a day in the life with. His name is Dave Smith. He has excellent episodes on Joe Rogan. And he also has his own podcast and he just covers, like, he breaks down the Ukraine, uh, um, the war in Ukraine. He breaks down uh, the Afghanistan war. Like, he just, he sees through all the government bullshit and calls it like it is, and he actually has logical conclusions. He's not a politician where you ask them a question and then they talk around it. So um, I know he won't win because he's a libertarian, yeah. and I don't even agree with everything the libertarian agrees with. But let's, let's just say that the basic building blocks of someone I will actually vote for, they have to be honest, they have to try and make solutions that make America a better place and they can't be bought. And we just, we don't get people like that. So I'll waste my vote on someone that I actually believe in. Yeah. I'm not even registered to vote. Do you think that's a bad thing? I think 
I think that's your freedom. I think we, they should, we should have candidates that we feel excited to vote about. And when year after year, the same nonsense starts, you know, keeps happening. Like we're more into debt. We don't fix our issues. We keep doing bad solutions and we're sure the government is just name one thing the government is good at. It's just like, come on guys, get it together. Like you take 30% of my shit and you can't even use it right. Like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Dude, you know? I have to pay double taxes because I, I live in South Carolina, but I work in Georgia. It's like five five or ten minutes away, but I think that's a little of messed up. Of course you up. do. That's a little messed up. Um, yeah. We didn't even have income taxes until 1913, I believe. It was to fund the First World War, and we were going to stop. After the war was over, we don't need it anymore. But then... And that was only like a few percentage points too. And every year they just creeps up and creeps up and creeps up. And here we are in 2022 where, you know, if you're making a decent living between 20 and 35% of your money goes to them. And if they did a good job with that money, I'd be like, yeah, let's like, if I felt like they were really making America a better place. Okay, cool. You know, here's the cut. Yeah. But so they don't do anything with the has, money. Has, well, they just are inefficient. Have you ever visited a courthouse or the DMV and had a good experience? No, it's always like workers that hate their job. They are slow. They make up like I won't have to. I won't go into a, a spiel, but uh, I'm not a big proponent of how our government has performed so far. Yeah, um, and with these documentary style videos, like how do you like how do you get these people? Like how do you meet up with these people? Obviously, you like DM them, email them. Do you pay them at all, or do you just kind of reach out to them like, hey, I want to do this. What do you think? A lot of them DM me. So I'll, I'll post in a video like, hey, I'm looking for a neo-Nazi. I'm looking for a Mexican gangster yeah. rapper. I'm looking for this, and then they'll email, email or DM me. Um, I've only paid – there's there's one, one video. I never pay anybody. I have paid one guy, though, which is the Chicago drug dealer. Mm -hmm. um, basically – it was more so so he could give hush money out to some of the people that were in the video. Okay. He didn't. He didn't. It wasn't like he made a fortune off of it. But uh, and then I also he invited me back for a pimps and prostitutes video, which has yet to come out. But I was on the block with pimps and prostitutes, like literally going into a back alley with the pimp <clears throat> to check on the girl, and like she just got done serving a client, like taps the client on the shoulder, waves at the camera, and then I interview her as the client walks that way and she walks towards me. Um, so I, I gave out probably like $1,200 between the different pimps and prostitutes, but ordinarily, no, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to pay people and, uh, and it changes the relationship too. Like I want, if people want to get their message out, they're a fan of the channel, cool, but it, you know, cause I'm never going to charge anyone to be, I might charge a record label. Like if a record label is like, yo, I got an artist you should check out. You know, I'll probably I might charge them down the line. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, yeah, I've worked with lots of different rappers. Like I could technically charge. I'm like, hey man, you're probably gonna get a million views off of a video with me. I don't charge them, and I'm not gonna get charged either. You know. That's what's up, man. I also forgot um, to say at the beginning. Congratulations on your uh, on your wedding. <clears throat> Thank you. You're welcome. It feels good. I picked a good one. Yeah. And I'm a happy man. Where are you? Did have you guys gone on the honeymoon? Where are you guys going? I have a Airbnb uh, favorited box that I have to show her uh, different options I have, and we'll go in January. Okay, this is that, man.
But uh, I really appreciate I really appreciate you being on the podcast, man. You're doing a lot of good stuff. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy dude. Uh, I really appreciate you sitting down here and talking with me today, bro. Of course. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for supporting the channel. Yeah, man. To all your listeners, keep tuning in week after week, and I will see you guys in another time. Yeah, man. See you.